three weeks later. Yuki Castellano parked her car on Brannon Street, a block or so away from the Hall of Justice. She was lucky to have gotten this parking spot and she took it as a good sign. Today, she was glad for any good sign. She got out of her car, then reached into the back seat for her briefcase and jacket. Then she set off toward the gray granite building on Bryant Street, where she worked as an assistant district attorney and where, in about an hour, she would prosecute a piece of crap wife and child killer named Keith Herman. Keith Herman was a disbarred attorney who had made his living by defending the most heinous of slime bucket clients and had often won his cases by letting prosecution witnesses know that if they testified, they would be killed. He was also a registered sex offender, so that made two juicy bits of information Yuki couldn't tell the jury because the law said that she couldn't prejudice the jury by citing his prior misdeeds. So Yuki had been building the case against Herman based on evidence that he'd killed his wife, dismembered her body, and somehow made his young daughter disappear, arguably a harder charge to prove because the girl's body had not been found. Yuki had been doing nothing but work on the Herman case for the last five months, and now, as the first day of the trial arrived, she was stoked and nervous at the same time. Her case was solid, but she'd been surprised by verdicts that had gone against her in cases as airtight as this one. As she turned the corner onto Bryant, Yuki located the cause of her worry. It was Keith Herman's defense attorney, John Kinsella, who, right after Keith Herman, was probably the sleaziest lawyer in the country. He had defended legendary high-profile killers and had rarely lost a case. And he usually destroyed the reputations of opposing counsel with innuendo and rumors, which he leaked as truth to the press. Yuki walked quickly toward the hall, head bent as she mentally rehearsed her opener. She was startled out of her thoughts by someone calling her name. She looked up, saw the good-looking young guy with the blonde cowlick and the start of a mustache. Nicky Gaines was her associate and second chair in this trial. He was carrying a paper bag. Damn, you look good, Yuki. Gaines was five years younger than she was, and Yuki didn't care whether he really did have a crush on her or if he was just flattering her. She was in love, and not with Nicky Gaines. You have coffee in there? Yuki asked. Hot, with cream, one sugar. And then I've got the double espresso for you. Let's go straight to the courtroom. Yuki said. How are you feeling about this? Gaines said, walking up the steps along with her. Like if I don't get a double-barreled conviction, I may kill Keith Herman myself. When Jennifer Herman's dismembered body turned up in eight separate garbage bags, and when seven-year-old Lily Herman hadn't been found despite the exhaustive police search conducted over a six-month period, Keith Herman was tried in the press and found guilty of murdering them both. Now the press filled half the gallery in courtroom 202, Superior Court of California, County of San Francisco. The other half of the room was filled with citizens who had lined up early enough that morning to have scored one of the precious seats. At 8.23 a.m., Yuki was at the prosecution table in the blonde wood-paneled courtroom. Across the aisle at the defense table sat two ordinary-looking men who were actually two of the scariest people Yuki had ever met. Keith Herman was paunchy, bald, and had black eyes that looked like bullet holes in his unlined, babyish face. Herman's attorney, John Kinsella, was tall with thinning gray hair and a bloodless complexion that made him look as though he climbed out of a coffin at night. Unlike his client, Kinsella was smooth. 
A little digging into his past had turned up five divorces and the ownership of a Glock semi-automatic, which he carried at all times. The buzz in the gallery intensified, then cut off suddenly as the door leading from the judge's chambers opened behind the bench and Judge Arthur R. Nussbaum entered the courtroom.